This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 227. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 227, we are looking at a brand new horror release in the UK. This is the sequel to The Boy. That's right, The Boy 2, aka Rams. It's making its way up and down the country right now and we will be doing a non-spoiler and spoiler review after the first break. Before we get to that, as always, let's recap where we are under the stairs. This is your third of four planned episodes this week. One episode left, it drops tomorrow. It's the 88 Farms Slasher Classic Collection, this number 24, Mountaintop Motel Massacre. You're going to get that in your feed tomorrow. But um, yeah, we have been busy, super, super busy. Yesterday on the Teapots Collective feed, we dropped Doing the Nasty, season two, episode two, looking at the Love Butcher and Honeymoon Horror. Check it out whenever you listen to your podcasts by listening to and subscribing to Teapots Collective. So you can hear what myself and Mark Ball made on those two movies, which, by the way, are not available in the UK, which usually is a good indicator of quality. Um, so be forewarned that one was a slog to get through uh, but a lot of fun to record and put out nonetheless Uh, there's tons of things happening under the stairs Uh, basically over the next month or so we are going to well March in particular we're going to be doing tons of cool shit Um, we will be finishing off our look at the Vengeance trilogy we will be kicking off a brand new Russian Roulette franchise retrospective um, and it's a moderately sized one, so you're going to get a good few episodes out of that. We obviously have Movie Club for all you people out there, another Arrow Video Assortment, another 88 Thumbs Italian Collection, another Slasher Classic for sure. So plenty of content to sink your teeth into. Um, and the Teapots Collective, you're going to have Opera Omnia, you're going to have another Doing the Nasty, you're going to have no Chronicle at all in the month, but you will get a brand new show dropping, which basically will allow you to follow the journey of I'm a novice in a particular subgenre and I want to know where I should start with it and that's kind of what that show is going to be dedicated to is where to start with a particular topic Um, it's going to run pretty much the whole year for season one and that season one is going to be looking at Giallo uh, because a lot of people ask me about it and it's something I have no like exhaustion button at all for talking about so uh, I I really thoroughly enjoyed chatting about Jallo I'm looking forward to getting into that so over this year 2020 on that show I'm going to give you places to start places to go tangential links to other things where we can travel with them hopefully introduce you to some movies you've never seen before hopefully tell you why some of the movies you've heard about are as revered as they are 
And what I'll be looking to do at the very end of the series, towards the end, is kind of pull back a little bit and look at some movies which were made in different parts of the world that are heavily Jalo influenced. So yeah, that will be that show. It's going to be a ton of fun and it's dropping this Friday coming. Yeah, not that long, six days. So I better get my finger out and start planning stuff to do with that because I've done zero planning as it stands just now. Out with, I know where I'm starting. So yeah, there we go. Right, that's what's coming up. Tons of cool shit. Hopefully you are enjoying the journey with me. 2020 has been a blast thus far. We had some complications changing our feed over and as a result, we have lost some listeners which does make me sad a little bit, but we've consolidated everything in a lot of respects, which gives me greater control over what I'm putting out, which makes me happier as a creator and content provider. So yeah, thank you for sticking with me, even if it did mean you had to change from your podcatcher to something else to check the show out. Right, ladies and gents, let's take a little break, shall we? So you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Brahms The Boy 2 from 2020. It's available in the UK right now as I speak. A non-spoiler and spoiler review are coming right up right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Oh my goodness, look at that. That must be the main house. Come on, dude. Beware his story, one and all. Brahms was never just a doll. To live again, he needs a friend. His deadly rules will never end. If you break them, it's best to pray. For Brahms, wants more than just a play. He's got a secret that only he knows. Something is happening to him. <laughs> love you, Mommy. I love you. Brahms, the boy too. In theaters February 21st, ready PG-13. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Brahms, the boy too, which is available right now as we speak in UK cinemas. I believe it is was out in the states last week, maybe the week before. Not sure. Came out the 21st in the UK. Anyway, um, the director for this one is William Brent Bell, who did the previous Boy movie, so he's back directing another one in his kind of, I, I dare say that we're going to call this a franchise, I got a sneaky suspicion we're going to get a third one, um, which does my heart no good, which kind of gives away where my 
great for this one, may lie. Uh, but he has done some other movies which some other people enjoy. He did The Devil Inside, which I think is terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> worth getting that one out. He did Wear, which I remember everyone spunked their pants over, and I thought Wear was the average movie that everyone was just like skeet, skeet, skeet um, about. I'm sure it has, well, it has, it does have a lot of love out there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was an okay movie that people, like I said before, shot in their pants over. Um, and then he's been off doing The Boy and The Boy 2. He's got a couple of movies in the pipeline coming out as well. So he's got a bit of traction behind him. He's found uh, a niche. Um, I wasn't a big fan of The Boy, if I'm honest. I thought it was okay. I thought the, the kind of twist was a bit preposterous, if I'm honest. Um, even by kind of cheesy horror standards, I was like, really? I've kind of seen this done before. Um, so I wasn't quite sure what we were going to be doing with this one, whether it was going to be a prequel or a sequel or what we were doing just in general. I know it actually does have, the first movie that is, quite a lot of uh, goodwill amongst horror fans. I, I remember it being relatively highly reviewed and it came out in that weird period where we had two movies in the same year called The Boy um, and this one, this series, I didn't particularly like. The other one was supposed to be a series where we would track the evolution of a serial killer in the making from child to adolescent to adult over three movies and I think that first one didn't do well at all which is sad because I really like that one and didn't like this one um, and we never got any options for it. So now that I've given you all the backstory, let's jump into the cast. We've got Katie Holmes, that's right. Um, Tom Cruise really did a fucking number on her, by the way. Uh, we've got Owen Yeoman, Christopher Convery, Ralph Innocent, um, Angela G, Oliver Rice, Natalie Moon, Daphne Hoskins, Jolie Collins, and some other folks are in here as well. Synopsis for this one is, after a family moves into the Hillshire mansion, and their young son soon makes friends with a lifelike doll called Brahms. So I'm going to work on the assumption that you saw the first movie. So when we move into spoiler territory later on, uh, if I make mention to anything that spoils the first movie, that is on your head. I will give you spoiler warnings in advance. And if your podcatcher uses chapters, you will see that the, you're in the non-spoiler chapter just now. You might want to skip over that spoiler chapter and go straight to close out the show. Uh, and if you don't give a fuck, well, why not just continue listening right through? Um, the Boy 2 looks like a bit of money's been spent on it. This is a non-spoiler section, by the way, so we're just talking about general views of it. Um, so it looks like a bit of money's been spent on it. The acting isn't great, if I'm honest. Uh, Katie Holmes is not great in this one, which is a shame because I used to really like her as an actress, and I'm not just saying that because I was a massive Dawson's Creek fan. Um, she's just a bit po-faced in this. Like, there's not really anything but like, dead behind the eyes like a shark is the is the kind of impression I got. And all the other characters are like these horrible caricatures of I'm an estate's groomskeeper. You know, I'm a English husband who doesn't pay attention to his wife. I'm a creepy child. You know, like it's, it's like ticking off like the like the most egregious versions of of kind of caricatured horror personas in movies that you know just didn't do me much good at all uh, the movie is an hour and 25 minutes long and felt like it was on forever because the problem with the boy too is nothing really happens in this movie 
the kind of setup, the first half an hour is all the interesting shit, uh, which doesn't really involve the doll all that much. And then all the stuff that starts to involve the doll and leads towards the end is just boring, is horrible, cliched, paint by numbers boring. And I just couldn't, I just, it finished and I felt like fuck all had happened. Like, I genuinely felt like it was a, the movie, like, interestingly enough, the movie starts and finishes in exactly the same place. Um, which makes no sense. <laughs> like, <at all. laughs> We start in an apartment in London and we finish in an apartment in London. And it's not obvious that characters have made much growth at all um, in any way, shape or form. And that's kind of how I felt when I watched the movie. I started sitting in my seat with a kind of dreaded feeling of, I don't think this movie's going to be very good. And when the movie finished, I was still sitting in that seat thinking that movie wasn't very good. So yeah, I, I kind of followed the journey of the, the characters in this movie. I mean, it's shot well enough. Um, the the design is pretty cool. Uh, some of the camera angles, actually, some of the cinematography was was actually well done. And they used, some of the use of the creepy background in the set the setting of the, the kind of Hilsha mansion and stuff was cool to see. Um, like I say, acting not great. Dialogue not great, if I'm honest. Script a little bit cheesy. Um, some of the English characters in this movie do not speak like English people. So just letting you know that. I think Americans have this idea that they all sound like caricatures from Mary Poppin. Uh, and they don't. Like Not everyone has like, got that kind of Cockney chimney sweep sort of accent, but there's at least two characters in here that were, were verging dangerously on Poppins territory, which in the case of this one is not super califragilistic expialidocious. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I'd like, it's just not a good movie. It's just one of these movies that we shove out in the cinema because we can attach a couple of names to it and people that are not necessarily horror fans will go and watch it and, and might get a couple of scares would devolve into like a CGI shit show later in the movie, like the, the final 10 minutes are just ugh, uh, cringy to say the least. And if you had saw the trailer for this movie, a lot of the scenes that could have been used a bit creepier are kind of given away. And they're out of context as well. I mean, the, the trailer makes this movie look a bit different than the actual delivery. So it tries to make it look a lot scarier than it actually is. If there are any scares in here, they are hard to find for sure. It's just a ponderous exercise. It really, really was. That's the word I keep coming back to. Um, it's a movie that kind of meanders cluelessly from scene to scene and gives you nothing at all at the end of it. I don't feel like any better. And if anything, putting this one out has made me appreciate the first one more. Like, I thought the first one was an average horror movie to say the least, and I remember having seen it, it was like that was paint by numbers, and I've seen this movie, I'm like, actually, maybe they took a couple of risks in that first one, uh, above this one, which does genuinely feel like there's no passion or interest in this at all. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Uh, my review for this one, uh, I mean, I kind of, I have debated back and forth on this one, where, you know, when a movie delivers a lot of things which are box-ticking, um, and it doesn't really do any missteps and things like cinematography and whatnot. Can I, in all fairness, like really start to mark it down? And then I kind of 
when I come back from the movie and did my letterbox for it, I landed on a two and I stick with that. I didn't really like it, if I'm honest. I didn't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. There's not enough in here to hate, but there's certainly nothing in this movie that I, I really could hang my hat on and say at the end of it, well, I, I liked that choice. I really liked this choice. It just came down to, to me, just a cynical exercise to make a movie and make some money. And I know that's roughly how movies are made, but I sometimes like to have the opinion that maybe someone uh, is taking up the cause as a passion project and maybe William Brett Bell is but his passion does not transfer on the screen at all. So you yeah, a 2 out of 5 for the boy too. Right, I'm going to spoil this movie so I'd probably spoil elements in the first movie so you've been forewarned, I'm going to count you down if you don't want to hear anything about the boy or the boy too um, and you want to jump to the end of the show, look at the chapters. Uh, there are the sometimes I put time listings in the the description, so depending on where you're hearing this show, and it maybe tells you where to jump ahead. But don't listen beyond three, two, one. Okay, so this is set after the events of the first movie, which obviously the first movie leads you down the garden path of is this a possessed doll story? Um, probably is and I've seen this sort of movie before and the reveal at the end is you know someone has been living in the walls uh, which you're like eh? <laughs> um, it's one of those ones like like traumatised and, and, and whatnot. and this movie we moved more into the supernatural world so it's the you know the doll is this it does actually have the abilities that maybe made the person crazy in the first movie and this family kind of the, the matriarch of the family is Katie Holmes uh, she's got a son, her husband works away a lot, they have this kind of nice little pad in London and she is attacked at the beginning, can't protect her family, by a couple of people that break into the property, she's smacked in the back of the head and we join them after the fact. The son is no longer speaking so writes everything in a book, which is kind of creepy child cliche one, tick. Um, their marriage is on the rocks because she won't address the issues she's trying to focus all her energy on fixing her son and not fixing herself which means she can't fix uh, what's going on in her marriage which is the the dissolving of of any intimacy um, and the husband decides that what they need to do is move out, take a break and live in the country for a while so they rent the kind of gamekeeper's cottage beside the old Hilsham mansion and the boy comes across Brams who becomes his best friend and we move from there but Brams motivation is maybe less than uh, how about this one less than innocent and then we're back to the the audience belief of well is it the doll that's controlling the kid or is this the kid's um, repressed violence from seeing a violent act portrayed in his mum in front of him kind of spilling out I would like to like when you put it on paper, it seems really interesting. It seems like there's a lot of different avenues we could go down, but to be honest with you, it doesn't really do anything. It's just a lot of, well, did the doll flip the table? Well, I don't know. You know, did the doll do this? And parents taking a very nonsensical approach to how they discipline the child in this one, they seem to let them away with a whole hell of a lot. And there's a whole lot of evidence in here that if I was, like, parents trying to fix my relationship... Um, I wouldn't be like off doing fucking all the things they do in this movie which 
are tantamount to like a degree of negligence and then blame each other when things go awry, which is pretty much the default position here. There is a stupid reveal in this movie about the, the gameskeeper being, you know, a guy who bought the property and is now suckling the property because the doll has told him someone will come and the possession will continue on. And his character is just shit. I mean, at first he starts interesting and then they do the twist in the story and it's a whole lot of who gives a fuck. I mean, you could fill the Grand Canyon with the amount of fucks I gave for this big twist reveal. And then the CGI shit show at the end of, well, is the doll alive? Is the doll not alive? You know, will we burn it? Will we not burn it? Is it the kid's imagination? Why is it doing these things? How does its power work? How does all that shit work? Um, a bit of investigation into the, the kind of background of the doll doesn't go anywhere. We start using the internet and that literally comes to fucking nothing in this movie. It is the most tedious use of Google I've ever seen in a horror movie. Well, we'll start investigating things. Oh, right, I've found it is a doll, but no link anywhere. There's a whole lot of what well, this doll's been in, you know behind a lot of hauntings for, for ages. It's the whole kind of Oculus thing, where you find out how the mirror's been travelling back through time. But none of it really goes to anywhere. There's no real explanation about anything. And then I was kind of thinking, do you actually need to have seen the first movie to have seen the second movie? And then I started to weirdly work out that you don't. This movie could actually work as a standalone movie because they make reference to a backstory from the first movie, which they sum you kind of summarise in like two minutes in this movie. So I was like, you probably don't need to go back and watch that one. You get through this movie comfortably, and it, it's not going to impact anything. Uh, I mean, the ending, the reveal at the end is like every horror movie you've ever seen before. Weirdly, it can't quite work out the horror beats here. So it tries some jump scares, but they are so conventionally on the nose in their placement that they just don't do anything. And there wasn't a lot of people in the cinema when we were watching it, but no one seemed to jump. There was no gasps. Nothing seemed to happen there. Um, thankfully, it was a, a fairly empty cinema. It was playing at the biggest cinema in the, the Cinemaplex as well, and there was maybe about 10 people in watching it which is usually a good indication of how quick traction has fallen off. Um, yeah, I just... I thought the story was just lazy. Like, really, really lazy and didn't add anything. Like, if you're going to do a sequel to a movie, I feel you should push, push the mythology forward, especially if you're dealing with some sort of possession or whatnot. Let's try and do that, and we don't really do that in here. We try and flesh out some more of the backstory clumsily without really giving you anything, and the end of the movie ends up pretty much where you thought it was going to end right from the fucking start. Yeah, it's not a good movie at all. I, 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 I didn't like it. Um, I've yet to read a review online of anyone that liked it. Even the people that liked the first one are not necessarily getting behind the second one. And that's sad, to say the least, because you would like to think there's a there's a, an audience out there for somewhere and maybe it is people that just don't have a vested interest in horror and maybe haven't seen that first movie maybe that's the audience for it who knows who knows right I'm going to take my final break of this show when I come back I'm closing it out right after this you're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs Uh, 
And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 227 with a bonus review of the brand new horror movie Brands The Boy 2. It's still in the cinema, but who knows for how long. Oh, there we go, get that one out of the way. There is a multitude of ways to check out Podcast Under the Stairs. If you type it Podcast Under the Stairs in your podcatcher, you will find us. Make sure you subscribe though, and that way you don't miss any of the shows as and when they drop. Um, the ones we always like to tout on this show are things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, etc. etc. But it is available. I've yet to find the podcatcher we don't quite exist on. So yeah, if you ha- if you do usually listen to a podcatcher and you can't find podcasts on the stairs, let me know and I'll get in touch with them and get that sorted out for you. Um, you can check out our website, it's teaputscast.com. That's the Teaputs Collective website. Make sure you subscribe to Teaputs Collective on all those podcatchers as well. That way you never miss an episode that drops every Friday of Doing the Nasty, Chronicle, Opera Omnia and the new upcoming Where To Start With series looking at Giallo for 2020. You can buy merch to support this show from teaputscast.bigcartel.com. We've got limited posters left and limited enamel pins as well. So um, once they're gone, I'm not getting them redone. So when they're gone, they go on, ladies and gents. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputscast. And the Teaputs Collective is on facebook.com forward slash teaputscast. You can interact with myself and the bars on the twin prongs of social media, sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at Teaputs cast and check us out in the flick chat app it's free and available for android and ios our join code is teaputs cast it's a message board app which allows you to interact with the podcasters and other listeners um, and sub threads for each of the individual segments and conversations about movies etc etc the podcast under the stairs will return to you tomorrow with the 88 farms slasher classic collection looking at this 24 mountaintop motel massacre but until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. <laughs>